1: Recording in progress. Just an early morning. You uh, voice, voice, voice there. Hey, everybody. This is Kenny Ed. I'm going
0: with the <laughs> sports <laughs> on the Positive <laughs> Podcast. What happened
1: there, there no in Cleveland? How are you? Make some noise. I'm good. Um. Well, I'll we'll, we'll pause with the Browns for a second. Something that's kind of interesting. Um, yesterday, so... I don't know how much of this you've heard, but the, the Indians with their name change have run into a little bit of a snag because there's a roller derby team with the name Cleveland Guardians. So um, they, yesterday they settled the lawsuit so that both of them are allowed to have the same name. Um, I, I don't really have much else to say on that, but I guess that officially means that they are the Cleveland Guardians. I don't oh. fully know actually let me check the website see if uh, see if they are but I don't know it's it's kind of a weird situation because like you would think that something that's like one of the first things that you would do and it doesn't really take that long to find out that you know, I, there's another team with the same name I thought I
0: did read that uh, I think it was settled, so I would imagine a roller derby team. I didn't even think roller derby was still around. That was popular when I was a kid, I remember. But I would imagine a roller derby team probably is not making millions and millions of dollars. You know, So I would imagine this was their opportunity for a little bit of a payday here from uh, from a team that probably is making millions of dollars. So uh, I would imagine the Indians probably, the old Indians probably had to cut a pretty nice uh, size check for them to drop the lawsuit is my guess. I I think they're officially now the the Guardians the old Indians, I think if if I yeah. if I saw that right because I did see that yesterday, that's uh that's interesting. You would have thought they would have done their homework, right? <laughs> wait a minute, yeah. Let's see. Is there any well, other? Apparently
1: yeah. they they like had tried to settle with them back when they were doing all of their marketing and research, and like apparently they lowballed them. Um, so I don't know what that number probably looks like, but like let's say it was like $8,000, and you're like, well, you know, the Cleveland Indians are worth like a billion dollars, so I could get a little bit more than that. So it is just interesting. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting to kind of see because, like, it doesn't happen that often in sports where a team changes the name, but they don't change their city. So it'll be kind of weird to see, like, that dynamic because how many people are going to slip up and, like, be like
0: oh wait Indians oh wait no that's not their name anymore so it's just going to be a very going to be an interesting season. <laughs> it is, <laughs> it is. All right, uh, what is going on with the Cleveland Browns? Uh, Odell is out of there, no distractions, and uh, is it more that just the Patriots are that good, which I'm starting to think that they are, or? There's some dysfunction happening there in Cleveland again with the up and down. I mean, it wasn't even called. I think the Browns had the early lead, if I remember seeing some of the early scores there. But, man, oh, man, it just seemed like pure domination from the Pats after that. So what's the take there in Cleveland? Give us a, a Cleveland view.
1: Um, well, yeah, you were right. The, the Browns started first drive, touchdowns. Going toe to toe with uh, Mac Jones and the Patriots, and then they just they couldn't score and they couldn't stop him. Um, I don't know. I think one of the biggest things with the Browns this year that's been disappointing has been their defense, because like you have Miles Garrett, who's probably the front runner for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, you added to Davion Clowney. You've added a couple of big pieces free agency wise in the secondary, which was horrible last year, but it doesn't seem like they've done a good job of keeping games close. Um, And also a big, I think a big thing that they were missing last week was Nick Chubb was out with COVID. Um, And I think he's such a huge part of the offense. I agree. And I don't think the Browns really fully recognize that. Um, and I don't know what the deal is with Baker. Um, I could I could make the argument that he's too hurt to play effectively, but also I feel like part of it is that's just the way he is. Um, at this point, if I haven't, I, I was listening to a couple of people yesterday, and they were saying like if you get an, if you have a chance to get like an Aaron Rodgers or um, a Russell Wilson or if Deshaun Watson is going to play again, get a kick the tires at him, you may want to just go for it because it doesn't seem like Baker might be your long-term answer. Um, It kind of seems like people are starting to sour a little bit more on him, but at the same time, um, like, you don't get credit for playing hurt if you play poorly. Mm. People will say you're very courageous Mm -hmm. if, like, you're dropping five touchdowns and 450 yards with, like, a busted shoulder. But, like, if you're barely keeping on, then people won't really give you that credit. And maybe that's the thing with Baker is maybe he just has to sit out. He, he injured his knee. He's already got shoulder issue. Um, I don't know. To me, for his long-term career, it might make sense to sit out the rest of the year. And I'm not even saying that because, like, oh, I think he's that bad. But I think he needs to show that he can be healthy because if the Browns decide not to bring him back, I don't think they will, like, just say bye. But if they decide to do that, it'll be really hard for him to find another job.
0: Well, wow. I don't – you broke it down. I don't have anything to add to that. And I I don't follow the Browns nearly as closely as – and I know you're not a big Browns fan, but, you know, being there, you, you can't help but but follow it. Um, I don't know what to make of Baker. I, I I think potentially, I mean, you just see that he has such great potential. But I think it, it, it begs for a, a couple of bigger questions, right? Uh, the injury thing, how far do, you know, you push a, a player like that to, and maybe it's just him that wants to go out there and play. If you're, if you're just too hurt to play, like you just said, you... You shouldn't play, um, but I but also, you know, when do you say when? Like, when is, um, and I don't think there is a really specific time, but, you know, this is Baker's fourth year, if I'm not mistaken. It, it, do, you, do you go into the fifth year saying he is who he is, and, okay, we're going to ride it out and we'll keep him, or, you know, he is who he is and it's not what we're looking for in our quarterback long term? There's a lot of teams that's had to make those decisions in the past. And you think about, I think one that comes to mind for me is uh, is the Dolphins and Ryan Tannehill. And how well since he's gone to um, Tennessee that he's played. They're probably the best team in the league right now. And he yeah. struggled for, I think they had him for four years. Um, you know, the Jets made that decision with Sam Darnold. Donald started off great this year, but struggled, and now he's hurt, probably out for the year. I think, and 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 so I I think um, it's it's a really interesting call because you put so much. I mean, he was the number one overall pick, so you put so much into some of these draft picks, and there and you build the team totally around what you think their talent is, and and it's it's hard. You know, you almost have to. I don't want to say start over because. I think there are sometimes good quarterbacks out there that you can get uh, to to go ahead and fit in, but you know. But we've also seen seen teams just hold on to quarterbacks for way too long, too, and they never, you know, uh, seem to develop. You know, Andy Dalton uh, comes to mind. No shade on him. I think he's a solid quarterback, but he's probably better being a backup. And the Bengals rode him every single year to really mediocrity. They would make the playoffs and. So I think it's it it it's a bigger picture thing that um, hopefully the Browns front office, you know, is equipped to really make that make that call. The Bears the same thing. They've kind of, you know, with their quarterback they that they uh, you know drafted very high a few years back. He's not playing, you know. Um,
1: so oh, yeah, Trubisky, he's not on there. He's, he's not like,
0: even on the team anymore, right?
1: Yeah, he's with uh, he's backup for the Bills, if I remember. Yeah,
0: right. I, and, and, and so. But, you know, maybe that was a little quick. I don't I don't know if he was two or three years, but maybe it's that three-year period, three, four years. Maybe that's the right call. I don't know. The other example real quick, and then we'll get to some other stuff that I always like to use. Uh, and this is from uh, my childhood more than anything else that I think is still the best example uh, was Jim Plunkett. And, you know, number one pick out of the draft, uh, had a great college career at Stanford, and went to the Patriots, who were really bad back then in the 70s. They got a little bit better at first with him, but he struggled for three or four years. They, they, they traded him, I think, to the 49ers. He struggled there. And then he got cut and somehow landed with the Raiders and somehow you know won two two Super Bowls, you know, with the Raiders. And he was just unbelievable. And at that point he was probably in his early 30s. You know, so he had quite a few years under his belt back then. You know, the players, the football players, didn't come out early, so um, so he wasn't really that young then. But I don't know. Um, It's uh, it's 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 a tough call. It it really is. And you have guys like you know Jared Goff, uh, Carson Wentz, that are coming up on that three four year period, and. You know now. You know teams have decisions to make. I guess that's why you, you you pay these front office people the way you do because that's a tough call. It's a tough call. And I think I think there's got to be some sort of decision on Baker. And maybe it's just he gets a pass because he was hurt this year. Maybe that's what the Browns do. But I I have a feeling that the Browns, with the talent that they have, if they don't make the playoffs, um, they're going to probably do some some changes at that level.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree, and also like when it comes to um, like that when you have a roster that's assembled like this, it can only last but for so long. Yeah, I, I think window. one of the biggest yeah. examples I think of is uh, the Ravens back when they won the Super Bowl with uh, Joe Flacco. Like that next offseason, he got that massive contract, which obviously he never really lived up to. But as a result, they couldn't keep their defense. They couldn't keep a lot of the other pieces around them.
0: Yeah, Ray Lewis retired. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, so it'll be tough. Um, And I think also, too, we say this a lot with coaches, but I think also in the NFL, a lot of teams get very impatient with quarterbacks nowadays. Like, I mean, the the Dolphins, if they had their – if Deshaun Watson was not in that – oh, he can and cannot play mode, they would have traded for him, um, basically kicking Tua out after, like, a year. And remember all the hype coming from Tua, like, right right in that draft period when he was drafted. Like, it's yeah. just crazy.
0: I mean, he was one of the best college players of all time, there's no, no doubt. And, you know, but has he had a chance to really prove himself? Have they totally given him the job and say, this is your team, and do that for a year. They seem to yank him pretty quickly. I think he came off the bench this past week. Played extremely well. Uh, it, it's it's really really interesting. It, it really is. Um, so much rides in football on that quarterback position. It, it's uh, by far more than any other sport. You know, the one position. Again, you know, you get that one superstar in the NBA, but unless you surround him with it and with a couple of really good players, we see that all the time then they're not going to win a championship. They'll be good. And, uh, you know, but football, man, so much rides on that quarterback position. So, so uh, let, let's stay on football for a few seconds. You and I were texting on Sunday, and I just texted you these three words, any given Sunday, which was a really good movie, by the way. But, I mean, we saw Tampa Bay go down to Washington. Uh, we saw the Rams go down Monday night to the 49ers. Uh, we saw Carolina just come out and smoke. And I know that they were missing their quarterback. But Arizona, we could have made an argument that they were the best team in the in, in the NFL. But Carolina comes out and smokes them. Uh, probably pumped up with Cam Newton uh, coming back. What did you think overall? And it was like Randy gambit this past Sunday. There were blowout games like the Jets. You know, the Dallas game was a blowout. But uh, then there were these just shocking upsets, you know, uh, I mean all of a sudden you looked at Carolina was winning twenty one to zip. I'm like, what? You know? So um, what did you think about uh, this NFL season is shaping up to be so interesting. What did you think about this past Sunday?
1: Yeah, um, another one on there, the Dolphins. The Dolphins, absolutely yeah. Yeah. But pulling apart the Ravens. Yeah. But I don't it's weird. You mentioned the um, the way that this season is uh, shaping out. It seems like no one really wants to be the favorite this year. Um, which, to me, is great. Because, like, let me just read off the top five teams in the NFC. Yep. Um, you got the Packers, who are in right now, number one. Number two, Arizona. Number three, Dallas. Number four, the Bucks. Number five, the Rams. Would you be surprised if any of those five teams won the Super Bowl? No. Um, so, I think that's what makes it interesting But also, like, it seems like every one of those good teams, whether you're talking NFC or AFC, every single one of them has had just an absolute dud. And, like, sometimes you don't necessarily see that. Like, think of all the years that the Patriots were dominant. They wouldn't have, like, a week where they get blown out 30 to 10. Like, they would usually lose a couple of close games, whether that's losing a game to Indianapolis or... Um, losing some of these tight games with, like, the really good teams in the NFL. But, like, it seems like a lot of these teams have just had a lot of duds, and it seems like a lot came last week.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. It was kind of a weird week anyway, because, like you said, there was a lot of, like, really just blowouts. The the one I feel the most bad for, though, is um, the Lions and the Steelers.
0: Oh, my gosh. Lions
1: can't win a game (laughs) if they try.
0: Oh, my gosh. I agree with you. That was excruciating. You know, because they they showed the rest of the overtime here because there was no late game on uh, on I think uh, CBS or Fox one of them, and they so they had the all of the and I, I'm like somebody's got to score here, and a poor Lions kicker, it wasn't even close. It was like it was like a 53 yarder, It probably went only 40 yards. I was like, oh my gosh. And then uh, Mason, uh, uh, Rudolph. I mean, he's a good backup, but boy, oh boy, he made just a couple of really bad plays in in the uh, in the overtime. Yeah, that was that was tough. That was yeah. I feel so bad for the Lions. They can't catch a break. <laughs> they can't catch a break.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know what to make Thanks. of the Steelers either. Uh, you know, they're they're a good team. I know uh, Roethlisberger uh, was out with COVID, uh, but. I I I you know even either, even since they they shouldn't have been tying the the Lions but that was that was another one. Here's here's one that that I think uh that went a little bit unnoticed because of all of the upsets and everything. Something you've been talking about, there's a certain team in Kansas City that seemed to right themselves these last couple of weeks. Uh, certainly righting themselves against the very vastly overrated Raiders. Yeah. Um
1: remember when the Raiders were arguably one of the best teams in the league. They're not even in the playoff picture
0: right now. They're not um, going to make the play. I would be shocked if they made the playoffs. Um, they got too much off-field stuff. I mean, uh, you know, the, the wide receiver, you know, running into the back of a car at 150-something miles an hour and, you know, someone losing their life. Uh, they had another guy that was arrested this past week. They, they've got... You know the the Raiders are even with Gruden now out of there. They they just still seem to have this dysfunction to them that just carries over to the to the feel for them. You know, it's just it's it's an odd franchise. And I used to be a big Raiders fan when I was a kid. You know, silver and black. You know, uh, I I thought that and it was so consistent. But they they just now are dysfunctional. You know. Um, and, and maybe they'll write themselves, you know. Because the, the, there's still a lot of football left with the seventeen games. Is, are we officially now a little bit past the halfway mark? I don't know. It's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, so so you don't know what they might because they do have talent, but I don't know. But the NFL really, really interesting. Um, so, Gay, okay, I think you were going to say something about the Chiefs. Yeah, well,
1: the Chiefs will hit their biggest test this week. You know, they're. You love this all the time, 4 o'clock game, they're playing Dallas. So that's going to be a huge game. I'm looking forward Um, to that, yeah, yeah. But it also goes to show you, like, when a good team struggles like that, like, they know how to write the shit. Um, If it was, like, say a team like Cleveland or the Chargers or, um, I don't know, maybe like the Vikings or the Panthers who got off to a bad start, you'd be looking at like a five and 12 season, but the the chiefs are good. They'll figure it out. And now they're back in first place. So,
0: Yeah. We'll I see. yeah, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll say this last thing on football and we'll move over. Um, the, <laughs> the chargers, you know, again, this is where that the young quarterbacks could be so inconsistent their quarterback looked like a world beater through the first, you know, part of this year and he's just struggled the last couple of weeks and on the, on the other hand a guy that never gets enough credit who I think has just been because he, I think he's been with several teams now but uh Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback and and i someone uh i don't know this popped up on i think uh espn.com do you know he has 18 touchdown passes this year and only two interceptions and, i mean and, and now wow. the vikings are 4 and 5 which is not you know all that great but he definitely isn't the the problem there and and to your point they've got a good coach there who seems to be riding the ship they got off to a really bad start you know in the nfl when you start 0 and 2 0 and 3 it's really hard to dig out but they seem to be digging out. That was a big win for them uh, to go out west on the road to beat the Chargers like that. But Kirk Cousins is just a guy that never gets any. You never hear anybody where they say, hey, who are the better quarterbacks? He's like one of the top quarterbacks in the league this year, and he was last year too. Um, so it's it's, uh, it's it's interesting how you don't really hear much about him. I don't know. Maybe it's because he's bounced around a little bit, but um, he's a very good quarterback. So we'll see. This this will be so Chiefs Cowboys. Yeah, looking forward to that big big four o'clock four thirty now, right four twenty five uh, game. But that's uh, I I love. To, I'll get take that over a good Monday night or Sunday night game any day. Um, hey let's let's uh let's talk a little NBA. Uh, so uh, another week goes by in the NBA. The Warriors stay hot. The Knicks righted the ship a little bit, again, with a with a really good win against Indiana. And Indiana's a good team. They've got some some really good players uh, on that team. And obviously, Rick Carlisle went back to coach them. So I would expect them in the playoffs this year and making a run. Uh, so what what were some takes on on this past week in the NBA and specifically the Knicks? And, and talk a little bit about this because uh, I, I know you you've watched this from afar a little bit. What is going on with the Knicks starters? It's like the bench is just like way outplaying the starters. Um, so uh, talk a little bit about what you're seeing in the NBA and and a little bit about our Knicks.
1: Yeah, so um, it is interesting because I kind of noticed that because um, I watched most of the game, the Indiana game, and it seems like the, the starters are like kind of meh. But, like, especially, like, you got Derrick Rose, Obi Toppin's kind of... I feel like Obi Toppin's kind of been like that... He's not really that good, but he's a guy that'll fire up a team. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Um, R.J. Barrett kind of has hit a little bit of a snag after, like, starting out so great. Yeah, he was doing great. Um, he didn't hit a shot until the second half Yeah.
0: Um,
1: against Indiana. um, I don't know. It, it also kind of seems like Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because, like, I've watched most of the Knicks games, but um, does it seem like Julius Randle's a little bit off?
0: Yeah, he definitely is. And I'm not sure what that's about, except that he's probably still adjusting to the role that he doesn't have to, you know, shoot, you know, 30 times a night now, not not to win on this team. But I, I do notice that, the other teams still think that he's a hundred percent the guy. So it seems like every time he gets the ball, he gets double teamed, especially when he's down low. So I I, I think that that's still. I think it's a combination of a few things. I think he'll be okay. I, I really do. I think he's he's proven himself to me after these couple of years yeah. that he's he's a, he's an excellent excellent player. So I think he'll be okay. But I know I, you're you're not off there. He definitely is is struggling. But I think it's those two things.
1: Yeah. Um, but I think overall, still, this Knicks team looks pretty good. Um, their defense at times has been a little shaky, but I think they can figure that out. Like you said, I really love their bench. Um, I think I love Emmanuel quickly, like so much. I would probably get a t-shirt if I was getting, um, if I was getting another Knicks player. He's fun. Yeah. He's Um, fun to
0: watch. Yeah.
1: And, and yeah, it just seems like this team is still trying to figure out a few things. Um, I know Kemba Walker got the tech and it seems like it's a still kind of the, one of the main themes early on in the season is uh, the changes that they've made so that you can't just like draw a foul, which I still kind of like that, but it seems like the refs are a little bit overcorrecting correcting uh, because there was a couple of, of like pretty hard contacts that Walker should have gotten a foul on, yeah. but didn't yeah. uh, maybe not a shooting foul, but um but it does seem like this team's got what it takes to at least make a run. It's still hard to say, oh, yeah, this team is going to, like, make the finals because there's still a lot of really good teams. Um, but, I mean, I have the standings up here. I didn't realize this. Washington, you know, is the best team in the East now.
0: Um, that was a head and three. Great, that wasn't a good trade for Russell Westbrook, and and you know I'm a Russell Westbrook guy. I I just I think that he's just an outstanding player. I just love how he just goes. You know, he reminds me of Allen Iverson in terms of he just hustles hundred percent of the time. But that was a great trade. I mean, to get three players the way they got for uh, Westbrook, and I think they got a draft pick as well. I mean, I I think for them that was a great trade. I'm not that surprised. And who is their coach again with with Washington? I'm forgetting who because I know Scott Brooks isn't anymore. Um, I forgot who their coach is, but they also hired a good coach, and I I don't know why it's it's, uh, slipping my mind. But, but yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I think Washington is going to be good most of the year. I don't think they'll be the top seed in the East, but... I think they'll be a playoff team this year. And you know, I've always been a Bradley Beal fan. I think he's uh, really overrated. You know, so funny, John Wall, I don't think is even in the league right now. Um, I don't know if that's because he's hurt or just nobody has signed him. But, um, you know, I remember there was such a debate, you know, do you keep uh, Bradley Beal or John Wall? Beal is just still just at his peak. And Wallace has gotta be still pretty young. Man. I'm just wondering what's uh what's going on with him. He might be still hurt too. Uh, maybe why he hasn't signed with anybody. But um
1: Um well two things. Wes Unsell, am I saying what, that right? Wes
0: Unsell Jr., right. Is their yeah. coach, right? Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um
1: and John Wall, he's still under contract with the Rockets.
0: Oh he is, okay. But, okay.
1: um he's kind of asked for a train and has been sitting out.
0: Oh he's been sitting out, okay. Okay. You would think that he would be easy to trade, but he's got a huge contract too. I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So Wes Unseld uh, Jr. Um, really, he's a, he's a testament. First of all, is his dad. His dad passed away last year. Uh, Hall of Famer, uh, one of the best centers. He was only like six seven in an era where all these centers were like seven feet. Uh, he was an excellent player for uh, for for the Washington team, and then he was their coach for a while. But he was an executive also for a while. Didn't do great at the coaching, but. His son on the other hand is one of those guys that really paid, paid his dues. you know he came up through the organization as a scout, you know uh, uh, assistant coach, you know worked in the front office, things like that and, and he got a shot. maybe part of it is because he's Westsonsell Jr you know but but he really paid his dues and um, you know by all indications you, you think he's going to be a good coach so he's really put that team together nicely. Um, any other surprises in the NBA? In your opinion? Um, I mean,
1: one that I kind of saw, um, which is kind of still surprising to me that he would say this. Um, I don't know if you saw this quote from Steve Nash yesterday, that he said that his team isn't that good. Well... But they are 10-5, so... I,
0: I like what the Nets have done. They've righted the ship pretty quickly here, you know. At, so why do you think he would be saying that?
1: Try to light a fire under them a little bit? I,
0: I mean, yeah... You know, Steve Nash doesn't seem like uh, a, a big, you know, head games type of guy, but that I thought I saw that comment, I, I, but then I, I didn't open the article because I said, no, that can't be right. Um, I, I like what the Nets have done. I, you know, I'm not a Nets fan, and, you know, obviously, but I got to give them credit. I, I like what they've done, and they have, uh, they've righted the ship here, they're winning the games that they're supposed to win against the teams that they're supposed to beat. And so I think Harden will be OK. I mean, you don't hear anything here about Kyrie over the last, you know, couple of weeks. And the deeper this goes and the more the Nets right the ship, I'm like, you know, they're going to just keep it moving. It's uh, it's it's really, really surprising. So the Nets, I'm glad you brought them up. That's a, And now I'm starting to really look forward to uh, Nets, Lakers. We always say this, and I we never wind up watching these games on Christmas Day, <laughs> but <laughs> but that's Lakers because I think they'd rename that arena also, uh, like Crypto Something Arena, the Staples Center, which that's going to be weird because that's been a yeah. Staples Center since it opened. Um, but uh, but I, and I think they're christening it with Nets Lakers on Christmas Day, uh, which you know will be a, a, a great matchup. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the NBA season is gonna be gonna be a lot of fun. I, I don't see anybody running it away with it in the East. I mean, the Celtics are okay; they ride the ship a little bit. Sixers, I, 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 wouldn't trust them. Simmons hasn't played yet, right?
1: Nope, that's another guy you haven't heard from
0: yet. Yeah, um, so you got Simmons, Wall, Kyrie. Either one of those guys, I think, would make a difference to a contender, right? If, if if someone scoops them up, you know, near the training deadline or something like that, you know, that's going to be interesting with those guys, you know, uh, when you think about those three. But um, I like what the Warriors are doing out west. I think, you know, quietly the Lakers righted the ship as well. I know LeBron had been hurt, which is surprising. He's like never hurt. But um, yeah, but uh, I know he had been hurt, and the Lakers was still still winning without him, which which uh, shows that they're a good team. Um, you know, Miami I, I like also here in the East. I think they're going to be dangerous as the season you know continues to unfold with uh, Kyle Lowry you know on that team now. So should be interesting. Yeah, you ready to get to some fun stuff? Let's get to some fun stuff. Yeah. All right. So I asked you this question the other day. Because I, I got to thinking with King Richard, which I'm very, very interested in seeing. Um, King Richard coming out, Will Smith playing him. And, and, and so that's uh, obviously Venus and Serena's dad is such a great backstory to that. We don't have time to get into it. Maybe we can do another podcast about about their story and, and maybe a few others. Uh, but you and I, we loved to go to the movies to see sports movies or, or watch them at home together. But as I started to think about sports biography movies, because this kind of tells a story of when they're little girls and coming up, um, what would you say uh, are your top one, two or three sports biography movies? Now, I, I jotted down three, so I don't know how many, uh, how many you have. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'll start it off. And uh, so... I would say my number three is, and I don't think I watched this with you, and I think because it had a lot of language, but the language was very actually appropriate for, for the movie, and that was The Hurricane with Denzel Washington. He played, you know, Ruben Hurricane mm. Carter, the boxer. And you know what reminded me of the movie this week is that the other guy that spent 15 years or so in jail with him, John Artis, he died a few days ago. He was 75 years old, and uh, but if you've never seen The Hurricane, it is just an unbelievable movie, an unbelievable story, uh, heartbreaking that he spent that long time in jail, his career got cut short, uh, he was a, he never became champion, if I remember, he was a middleweight contender, but he lost in the championship uh, fight, and he wasn't even anywhere near, you know, what it you know these this triple murder that happened in Newark, New Jersey, or Paterson, New Jersey, one of those towns. But Denzel Washington, I think, just uh, that was one of his best roles. He didn't win the Oscar for it, but he should have. He was nominated. Um, but it's just a great movie. I thought that uh, that that was a great kind of biography because it started when he was kind of young and coming up. And so it, it all through his jail years and everything like that. All right, what's your number three? If you have three.
1: My number three, I did have three, so okay. that worked out perfectly. Good um, is Invincible. Oh um, wow! Okay, with uh, Mark Wahlberg yes. um, giving the story of Vince Papali as um, like a bartender who only played high school football, went for a tryout to the Eagles, made the team, and was part of part of the team for a few years. I think was a really cool story, and then just also kind of like seeing that like that kind of like rags to riches type of thing because like every guy thinks that they're like that type of guy where yeah i never really played like college football but like i got all of this raw talent it's like one of those like really relatable stories there so um that's, that's my number one. three
0: yeah that's a great one i remember you and i going to see that in the movies that's that's a great one all right my number two is ali and uh it took me a while as a kid to warm up to muhammad ali you know um and after he beat George Foreman, I was all in. But the movie is so well made. It's a long movie, right? It's over three hours long. Again, I don't remember if you and I watched that together, but it's yeah. it's a it's a long movie. It's a little probably a little bit more even than three hours. And um, but it tells his story from such a great perspective. And especially, they spend a lot of time on you know the fight with uh, George Foreman and, and Zaire. And uh, it just, and Will Smith played him so well. It was almost like, you know, he had, he had his accent, you know, the way he talked out, he had his mannerisms in the ring. And, and it just, in one of those movies, with Ali being such a public figure, you figure you would know everything about him. But the movie gave such little tidbits and insights. You know, you're sitting there saying, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize that. I didn't know that about him. So I think as a biography, that's my number two because it really told his story from when he was very young. Um, you know, all the way through uh, when he, you know, regains the championship against George Foreman. Mm.
1: What's
0: your number two? Yeah,
1: I don't know if I've ever seen
0: it. Yeah, you've got to um, watch it. I don't think you have. I know we didn't watch that together. Um, um, yeah, because I think you were pretty young when it when it first came out. But yeah, you've you've got to you've got to sit down and watch that. It's it's long, so give yourself some time to watch it. Yeah,
1: um, my number two is a miracle. Ah. Um, telling the story of the uh, 1980s Olympics um, men's hockey team. Um, I really liked kind of the way that they kind of went really deep into how they assembled the team that really shouldn't have won but did. Um, and then also how important it was, and not just like for like men's hockey, but also for just like the nation in general. I thought that was kind of a really cool depiction of how they did that
0: yeah they captured all that so well of of uh you know the the cold war at that time with russia and and there's really some of the backstory that we would have never known had we not seen the movie with with the players and everything like that I thought that was so well made and a lot about her brooks and and his story you know was in there It didn't start like when her Brooks was a kid or anything like that but you know they they talked about they his family and his family life and how kind of where he came from and, and why he was so determined to do this. Um that's a great one, yeah. Yeah. All right, my number one, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna guess it might be your number one as well. Because we did watch this together in the movies and that was forty two. Uh the Jackie Robinson story. I, I just think that was so well played. Uh it, it and some of the facts as you uh, as you read after, uh, some of the facts were a little bit off, but I don't think anybody cared, you know, uh, uh, you know, it just, Jackie Robinson, uh, it is just an unbelievable story, and um, you know, it, it, it just had everything, you know, it, it made you laugh, made you cry in some moments, you know, and uh, it, it just captured baseball at that time, too, and uh, some of the things that he went through, but I think the movie purposely wanted to be uplifting and not not capture all of the dark moments, you know, that, that Jackie Robinson, I'm sure, went through. And uh, started from when, you know, he was a little kid, and it just, I think it was just so well made. And Chadwick, yeah. Chadwick just played him outstanding, just, just did a great job. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that was my number one, too. So, um I also love how um, you kind of saw just the resiliency of not just Jackie Robinson, but also Branch Rickey. I thought, like, just the way that they did it was really good, and you kind of you felt like the emotion and the struggle that um, Jackie Robinson was going through. And, um, and it's also cool to see kind of, like, Ben Scully in his early years. I know it obviously wasn't him, but just kind of thinking, like, wow, yeah. like, that guy actually, like, like Called games for like Jackie Robinson.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thought that was cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember you and I both came out of the movie. We were like, man, that was that was really really good. And it was just again so much that uh, of his story that I that I didn't know. Um, you know, but I, I think one last thing I'll say on 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 Forty Two was also Pee Wee Reese and a few of the teammates that came beside him. You know, um, because there was a lot of the team that didn't want... They were like, this is a mistake. You know, we don't want him on the team. Uh, but the, the movie did a great job highlighting the good. And, and you know, the Pee Wee Reese, Reese character who really came alongside him and, and kind of risked his career to come alongside him. It's just a great movie. Uh, and so inspirational. All right. It's fun. Maybe we'll talk about best sports movies. Maybe we'll do a couple of segments on counting down our top ten, maybe five and five over the next couple of weeks because there's been a lot, um, you know, as, as I started to think. Because it, it as I was thinking, I was like, okay, I want to put this one in, but it really wasn't a biography, you know. And um, King Richard, I think, is debuting on HBO Max on Friday, so you should watch that, It's uh, and, and we can maybe even talk about that if uh, if, if you watch it, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, I came unprepared for fun facts, but you've got some, so take it away.
1: All right. Well, I'll start with – I have two. Um, I'll start with um, this NBA one. Um, so Steph Curry, who I believe just passed Ray Allen for most uh, three-pointers made ever. Oh, wow. Um, he's number one all-time in career games with at least nine three-pointers made. He's had 36 of them. Um, he leads the wow. next player by 27 games. James Harden has nine such games. Wow. Um,
0: he's amazing.
1: So, like, like, and obviously, Steph Curry, first ballot Hall of Famer, guy's going to easily, like, he's going to walk into the Hall of Fame. But I think sometimes we underestimate how great he actually is. And also, it still pains me to think that the Knicks were going to get him, but they were that close.
0: Um, who do we draft instead? My next one. Who who do we draft instead?
1: Um. Oh
0: gosh. Was it Shumpert? That,
1: no, yeah. it was Jordan something.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, he's not in the league anymore. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was with the Lakers for a while, and okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He was uh, the for- big forward from uh, Arizona. Uh, his name will come. First name yeah. was definitely Jordan. It'll it'll come to me. Yeah. Oh gosh. All right, let's let's move on from that. Um, but that's a great fact on Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah.
1: Jordan Hill, Larry. Jordan Hill.
0: Yeah. Decent player but not a uh, wow. Okay. <laughs>
1: um So next one. So this offseason is very interesting for baseball. Um I'm surprised that we've already seen a few moves. We can talk about that maybe next week. But yeah. um this offseason Right now, there are 10 former Cy Young Award winners that are free agents. 10? Um, yeah. Now, I'm going to give a bit of a caveat because, well, I'm, I'm going to give you the list here. So, four big guys that are, like, um, former Cy Youngs. Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw, Justin Verlander, Zach Granke. Those are, like, the top four, like, they'll, they'll get pretty decent deals.
0: Oh, I think um, so. Yeah. Other
1: guys. Corey Kluber, free agent. Um, Jake Arrieta, um, who might or might not get a deal now or later. Um, The following guys have won Cy Young, but did not play last year. But there's still a chance that they could get a contract. That's Felix Hernandez, Rick Porcello, who your favorite guy. He didn't pitch Um, last
0: year? Wow, okay. Yeah.
1: And then also, another one of your favorite guys, 49-year-old Bartolo Colon. What? None of those guys have officially retired, right. but um, they are technically free agents. <laughs> Last guy, he's not a Cy Young Award winner yet. We might find this out later on tonight, but Robbie Ray is also a free agent. So,
0: Do you think he he'll wins, win? that would
1: be 10 guys. Do you think he'll win tonight? I I think he will. Okay. Um, I think there's too much surrounding Cole, and also he had a really bad September, so... The
0: recency bias probably lost to that one, but that's amazing. That's an amazing I, fact. I don't think that, that can't have ever happened before. Um, that I'd be is surprised. Yeah, that is really amazing. I think Felix Hernandez is probably still uh, young enough to pitch, but he had a lot of uh, physical issues. Right, he never did play with the Braves. I think was the last team that uh, that that he was on. Um. Bartolo, wow. And he's still pitching somewhere, right? Bartolo, I'm sure yes. he's still pitching somewhere.
1: He's in the Mexican league, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah.
0: Porcello, I could have sworn someone picked him up. He wasn't – he was such a disappointment. Him and Michael Waka that year, you know, with the uh, with the Mets. And and I wanted him to do well because he's a local guy, you know, but uh, he he didn't. That's that's amazing. Let, let me ask you this, and, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, I, the most interesting out of those other Cy Youngs that are really good, I mean – you could. I'm, I'm going to put Kershaw, Kershaw, uh, Scherzer, and uh, and there's one other, uh, and grinky to the side for a second. Verlander is the most mm-hmm. interesting one because Verlander, I think, is only 38. So you would think maybe he has a couple of other, couple more good years. But he hasn't pitched now in in over a year um, because of the surgery. But all indications that he's going to be healthy and ready. Where do you where, where do you think he would land?
1: Um, there's been talk that he would end up with the Yankees. Yeah. Um, which honestly, like, I wouldn't mind that. Like, give him like a two-year, thirty-five, forty million dollar um, contract. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. Um, now, if you're going like five years for Verlander, then no, thank you. But. Um,
0: yeah, he's not going to get five years anyway. Yeah. I don't think as good as he is. He's not going to get five years. He'll probably yeah. get two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. I think he probably could still pitch. I, I just and and he's just unbelievable in the postseason. He's one of those guys that. If there's any yeah, doubt on the Hall of Fame, you know, President so Hole, we'll riddle season.
1: me that. So. Um, so. The rest of y'all know um, yep. yeah. So. Um, yeah, can none of y'all be back? to I'm in Boeing Low Express, out the country, but the still On the got a triple deck. Recording stopped.
0: Took me a few seconds. The mouse was covering some stuff up.